the first week at Don's was a blur. What seemed like a struggling seafood place when I first came in was actually anything but. Each night, there'd be a new singer on stage and a restaurant full of tourists who didn't know good music from bad. Or good seafood from bad, for that matter. They probably never came back, but Paul didn't care. His entire business was based on providing subpar entertainment and food for the never-ending parade of out-of-towners with low standards. And it worked. Washing dishes at a place this busy made working on the line at Jonesboro look easy. I worked 12, sometimes 16-hour shifts, usually till 1 or 2 a.m., 5, then 6, then finally 7 days a week. And when I wasn't washing dishes, Paul had me doing odds and ends things around the restaurant. I swept, mopped, fixed toilets, anything and everything. It was non-stop. I spent so much time there, Paul asked me if I wanted to live in an empty storage room in the back. Since I was broke and desperate for money, I took him up on the offer. I thought a new arrangement would help keep me going as I tried to make it in Nashville, and more importantly, I thought it would help me avoid Stephanie. She might have found my hotel, but she had no idea where I worked, and I figured after a week or two of not seeing me, she would give up and go back home to Arkansas. Early one morning, I walked to the hotel to see if she was still hanging around and I saw no sign of her, and breathed a sigh of relief. I loved her, but I was set on making it, and I knew she would only get in the way. Back to the job. I was always drenched in sweat, and smelled worse than you can imagine. But the worst part was, I never had the time to watch any of the performances in the main room, and the thick brick walls and loud faucets made it hard to hear the music from my spot in the kitchen. The faint sounds were a constant reminder that I wasn't making any meaningful progress. Each day, it got harder and harder to deal with. My partner in dishwashing didn't seem to mind the hard work and less-than-ideal circumstances. He was a guy named Billy, and was about the only bright spot from my time at Don's. The first thing I noticed about Billy was he needed to take better care of himself. He was in bad shape. He was 300 pounds, whiter than a sheet, his hair was unkempt, and his glasses were always foggy from the steam billowing up from the sink. But the most concerning thing about Billy wasn't physical. It was spiritual. He seemed to be broken, like the light in his eyes had left, leaving only a shell of a man. He really didn't seem to care about anything other than washing dishes. And for a shell of a man, he was damn good at it. I tried hard just to keep up with him for the first week, but quickly realized that was impossible, because washing dishes was his life. During the rare slow hours at work, I would ask him questions about his life. A little at a time, I found out a lot about the man. He was once a dreamer like me. He had moved to town 20 years ago to become a songwriter, and to make ends meet, he took a job at Don's. Although he had a few small song placements early on in Nashville, it became harder and harder to focus on his career as he spent more and more time in front of the sink. He had no wife, no kids, and as far as I could tell, no friends outside of work. He had a heart of gold and was soft-spoken. Anyone who met him could tell he was a good man. 
and that made it easy to forgive him when he would call me out for slacking off. While my hands were in the hot water, my head was in the clouds, dreaming of the day I would be able to get on stage and show the crowd at Don's what a real singer sounded like. This dreaming went on for three weeks, until I realized, like Billy, I had no time to do anything but wash dishes. I had made zero progress in my music career, and to make things worse, I hadn't even seen a dime, nothing, from Paul. I figured it must have been an oversight, some sort of accounting mistake. Since money was running out fast, the second I realized this, I went straight to Paul to ask if he could remedy the situation. He quickly apologized, but instead of paying me what I was owed, he offered an alternative to writing a check, one that would get me a step closer to making it in Nashville. Or so I thought. You just listened to Nashville 93, a story heard production. For more info or to find out how you can support the show, please visit storyheard.com.